Welcome back to Behind the Birds. We've got me, Max, and Jay on to talk about your 3-0 Philadelphia Super Bowl contending Eagles. I know we missed last week, which sucks because we were pretty hyped up about it. But we're we? back. I think you guys did it last week. No, we didn't after week last one. week. No, no, we potted after week one. We missed I've last week. I've been too week. busy. I have no idea what's going that on. That Monday night really screws up our schedule, but whatever. It really fine. does. Um, we're back this week to talk about, first of all, Jalen Hurts, Eagles receivers, the dismantling. That's MVP candidate Jalen Hurts to you. Dismantling of Carson Wentz. We'll get to that. But yeah, look, Eagles are 3-0. First time since 2016. They have not been 4-0 since 2004 when they went to the Super Bowl. I didn't That's know that. Nice little intro. Yeah. Where'd you come with these stats? I like the stats. I, That's I why I picked you to host. It. I Googled it. So how <laughs> you boys feeling? I feel fantastic. I mean, I don't really? think the big argument is really that the Eagles quote unquote haven't really played anyone, but I argue I, that, that the Lions and Vikings nonsense. are pretty good. Such garbage, man. Nonsense. I'd say it's, Lions it's and Vikings always are both garbage. Pretty good. Come on. They did this in 2017 too. Oh, who'd you play? You played Washington. You lost to Kansas City. Oh, you beat the Chargers, man. They're not. Do we good. do we consider Jags as a good I, I would say Jags are a good team. Jags are pretty good. Beat Jags the Chargers. I know the Chargers are really banged up. But. Here's what I'd say about this good team talk before we get into all the nitty gritty. I mean, Jay's right. Twenty. It was all about 2017. We saw this. Like this feels very 2017, where the first very half of the game, 2017. The first half of the oh, game is really deja fun. vu. You got, you got Gardner Minshew as your backup right now too. Nick Foles. Everybody's asleep. In Hopefully, the he never comes half. to that. But the first half is good. We're blowing teams out. It's, Who cares about the second half? You I could care it. less about the second half. We're already up to I give a damn. Let me. I'll give it. I'll give some shout outs here. Football Outsiders and Shil Kapadia on his Ringer Pod. Th- this concept was a Football Outsiders concept that Shil mentioned, but the concept is that great NFL teams, teams that are actually very good and contenders for the Super Bowl, they blow out bad and mediocre teams. And in games against other good teams, it's typically a coin flip, and it could go either way. So those games are largely luck-based outcomes in the regular season. It, and let's sizes. be real here. Vikings are a good team. I blew them out of the freaking water. That's right. And so, like, what, what it really means, you've heard this phrase before, good teams win, great teams cover. Like, the Eagles blowing out mediocre to good teams is the biggest sign that they are serious about contending as anything. Let, let's say they had gone gone in and played the Packers and it was like, you know, they happen to get lucky and they get the ball at the end of the game. That's a huge win. It shows you can compete. I would be fired up about it. I would be freaking losing my mind screaming on this podcast. But they could have easily just as easily lose a game like that where it comes down to the wire, two-minute drill, a field goal goes in or a field goal doesn't go in. That's less of an indication whether or not you can beat those teams that you're contenders. What, what shows you your contenders is if you can hang with those teams and if you can blow out the bad teams. And so far, the Eagles have seriously taken care of business in three straight games against opponents of varying degrees. I would say you probably have a, an average team in Detroit, an above average team in, in Minnesota, and a below average team in Washington. And the Eagles have handily defeated all three. Yeah, I don't think I've been really worried once. For? Like, like to week you- one a little bit maybe. But it's also week one. None of your starters played all preseason. Like, it's going to take a little adjusting, too. And they were still up, like, 20 at some point. Week one's weird. I mean, we talked about I don't really take much into it. It Offense, I will. The defense, a little different. Like, defensively, like, they just kind of just reverted back to 2021 Jonathan Gannon. And it was just like, whatever. Last two weeks, Detroit, the Detroit, Jonathan Gannon's getting head coaching interviews. Detroit played as hard as they physically possibly could and still lost, you know. I love it. It's honestly been, but I like, generally can't remember. Besides 2017, <laughs> I can't remember having so much fun watching a team play. They're number one in first half points. 
Yeah, because like, they score all their points in the freaking first half. <laughs> they go up by so much. They've given up what? How many points? How many first? Have they given up zero first half points in the last two weeks? No, they gave up seven before. I think the, half. the Vikings had a touchdown. Could, could I, I think, ask a quick yeah, question? Yeah, yeah, by the way, seven. while we're here, when did the Cardinals become a bad team? Because I mean, I know uh, we're going to get it, get Arizona in two weeks. The yeah, roster yeah, is terrible. To me, it's that the, was that was the indication of whether they. Could Kyler has been really great. D Hop. The roster's there. bad. The roster's. So, the, so the GM who has three DUIs run the show. We Come we on. talked we talked about this in our chat. Which game do you like in the rest of the season? We can go through the schedule right now. How many games are they going to be underdogs in? Probably none. I would say maybe at Arizona. Maybe I, I think they'll probably. The they, my guess is they're going to be underdogs in that game by I like. Forget. They're probably like plus one. I would say yeah. at Dallas at the end of the season they'll be dogs. That week seventeen, yeah. or eighteen. 17, yeah. Nah, they'll probably have it locked up. Are you saying that's a game where they just like have locked up and they're not going to, and they're going to play Gardner Minshew the correct. whole time? No, no, I think no, no. That's a, week 18. Don't, there's don't, an, there's will play an that off game, chance so. there are dogs against Indianapolis. On no, I don't think so. But the point of this exercise is to show that like the Eagles legitimately, right now they're over under, I think is 11 and a half, 10 and a half wins. Uh, 538 has them at 13 wins. Like this schedule Dude, is third on FanDuel. They're on third it, and. A Super Bowl. I, right I am here to tell you, as somebody who was conservative on Hertz, as somebody who was conservative about this team last year, as somebody who has been generally conservative about the Eagles since 2018, <laughs> I want to say that it is time to believe. It is time to get on this bandwagon. This is as good of a shot as they've had since 2018. To Howie's going to win Executive of the Year. Howie Roseman. Oh, he I absolutely mean, will. <laughs> he they shouldn't even, down. Shouldn't even what be close. He, what he has done. What he and you know what? Give credit to Jeffrey Lurie too, because this really has been going on since Jeff was here. What the Eagles have done since the year 2000 has been probably the second most impressive run in football in the last 22 years behind the Patriots. And the Patriots did it because they fell ass backwards into Tom Brady in the hmm. sixth round. The Eagles did it by building a team under two separate executives and now four different head coaches in the last 22 years. They have had so much sustained success. And, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here. They have to win in the playoffs, all these sorts of things. But it is unbelievable how consistently they are good to above average and they make the playoffs. Just compare that with the other teams in this city. The Flyers were the first franchise in professional North American sports to alternate making them missing the playoffs 10 years in a row. The Phillies have the second longest playoff drought in baseball. And the Sixers went through a prolonged period of time where they intentionally lost games because their team building was so poor before that. And right now they're topping out in the second round. It is unbelievable how good the Eagles have been in the la- in recent history as just a competent NFL franchise that wins consistently. It is ridiculous. And they're showing it again this year. And it's happening at a perfect time when they have a quarterback on a rookie deal, a very strong roster, a very easy schedule, an easy division. And the, e- and the NFC is wide open. I mean, this is like you don't get a better There's, confluence I, of factors. Realistically, right now, tell year. me a team in the NFC that looks better than the Eagles. You can't. I, I think the only team in the NFL you can make an argument has been better than Philadelphia in the first three weeks is Miami. And that's only because they have the best win of any undefeated team in the in the in the league. Buffalo with beating Buffalo. I think they have the best two wins, probably. Baltimore. I think Baltimore's a good win. Okay. Baltimore's also think, a good win. Think about this. How many weeks like Two years ago, we sat on this podcast week after week and just sat here in silence and disbelief with how piss poor that team was in 2020. I think me and Nate were going Instagram live a lot with that. Like, yeah, how mean, bad? How I, bad I, were they? Like, I put, two, I put, yeah, yeah, God. Two years ago, they were four and 12. Four, 11 had, and one. 
Saints, you know, they had a terrible team. Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Who won two games the year before. That was yeah. it. You know, so funny. okay, so they were four twelve and they were four and twelve. That's that's a loss. That should be a loss. Correct. Uh the, the they just traded Carson Wentz. The Jalen Hurts was eh. Uh the offensive line was old. The you know, your running backs declined. Uh, your best passing offense was still built around Zach Ertz, and and he was going down, and you knew he was going to be moved soon. Uh, oh. You were banking on Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson to still give you snaps. Greg Ward was once again the best receiver on the team. Yeah. Uh, on defense, you know, uh, Brandon Graham would lead the team in sacks for like five and a half because they weren't. Hey, don't pressure. this BG though. I love BG, but that was just that you know they just couldn't hit the. He hit showed the quarterback. up Sunday. Uh, who else did I you know? They were banking, you know, Alex Singleton and Nick Gary were starting at linebacker. You, you know, you're talking, you're, you're talking yourself into, you know, to mid to mediocre. Did they overhaul like, the team in a year? <laughs> sorry. Who started that corner in 2020? It was Slay and, and Maddox on the outside getting toasted. Yeah, I mean, Maddox can't play outside quarterback. He's 5'9. <laughs> Slot God, Nikhil, Roby Coleman. Oh, I forgot about him. He Daniel played one Jones. of the worst. He played one of the worst seasons I think I've that, ever that, seen. That was really bad. That was awful. So to go what like to go from that disaster and to flip it around in two years to have probably the league's top like a top three roster in football. I wouldn't even say two years. I'd say they flipped it around last year. They made the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but the thing about last year, to be fair, is that like we they knew snuck they were in. We knew they weren't a good team last year. They yeah. got in because the schedule was cake. We knew they weren't good, and they got blown out in the wild card game. They this beat year, bad teams. Like kind of like they didn't, they didn't convincingly beat bad teams. They were no, like, they snuck by it. bad teams. They like snuck by bad teams. Yeah, they no, beat like awful, teams. awful teams like the Giants. They whooped, but then like the mediocre teams like New Orleans, they kind of like skid by. Hopefully, oh, they can whoop if the I Giants could, this year. That just reminds me, speaking of Jacksonville, because I think this is a pretty, not like a huge test for them, but it's a test. Every game at this point to keep the undefeated. Jacksonville looks good. They're pretty good. For the record, Eagles opened up at seven-point favorites. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Washington. So that's that's Vegas telling you that they think that Jacksonville is six points better than than Washington on a neutral field. So, I mean, this team is a step up from, from the commanders. Washington's a, step a up. bottom five team in the NFL right Washington's now. Washington's not good. This is a step up. The, the, the best win the Eagles have also – they, they were favorites in Detroit? I don't remember. Were they? Yeah. yeah they, were favorite, they were favorites it in started, Detroit. I, it started at four and a half. I don't know were they, how were they much favorites it went against down. Minnesota? I don't think they were they favorites. Were, they were a point Minnesota. and a half to two and a half point favorites against the Vikings. Well, like so, in Jacksonville, like – who have tried, Jacksonville played? They played. They dominated Indy, who I don't think is a good football team. Who just upset like, the uh, the Chiefs, though, right? Yeah, I still, I still, I don't buy Indy. No, I agree. I, and Matt Ryan's not good. Um, Chiefs had nothing. Like, and then who else did they play? Chargers. They Char- beat the hell out of them yesterday. But Yo, Chargers also banged up. This is off topic, but like, Brandon Staley's a fraud, right? Like, he's. I don't know that whole Chargers organization. There's something there. <laughs> Like, but every year they've for the past bad. two years they've had aspirations and but they just you, are not. We could talk about the Jags like a little later, but like, yeah, we can I don't that. think that team is like. I think that team is I on the rise. I think it's an above think, average team that could win the NFC. Or the NFC I think. AFC South. I think they're super well coached. I wonder yeah, by our king. I think they're a super very well coached. loud standing ovation. I just don't. Sunday. I just don't think they're talented enough to to win. They probably they you know they shouldn't win on paper. And like, 
I feel like when you look, when you take two, the Eagles and any other team together and you, you match them up and you say, okay, well, this team matches up well against these receivers. I feel like the it factor is like with every team, it's going to be Jalen Hurts. Like, cause that man could just like rush for 10 yards and like 10 carries for 50 yards and they're all back breaking runs and he extends drives. So it's like, well, can they contain him? If it's not, probably if teams who can't contain Hurts lose to the Eagles, I think realistically, like as a rusher. Correct. And Washington and Washington, he rushed, only ran like what six, seven times against Washington. And that was the most encouraging thing about him. You know what? Let's just transition to Hurts right now. The most the encouraging stat thing about was transition to the whole Washington game in general. He, 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 the reason I was so like, and I mean, I can do my whole Hurts thing in, in a little bit, but like the reason that game is an, even better, I think, than the, he was incredible against Minnesota in the first half. But this is another step forward in that he, he did not use his legs at. He didn't need to use his legs at all. I, I saw Theo Ash on Twitter saying it was reminding him of like prime Russ. Which is like, if he can be Russ instead of Kyler, that's like, are you like, are you kidding me? Like, unbelievable growth. We thought that this guy was never going to become a pocket passer in this league. And over the last two weeks, he's shown an ability to pick apart NFL defenses, good NFL defenses from the pocket. Do it, do it over the middle, do it deep, do it intermediate, do it short. These aren't random guys either. This is like, you could, how good are they in 2022? I don't know, but this is Jack Del Rio. And Ed Donatel. These are two long-standing NFL defensive minds. These aren't just like random schmucks. These aren't like rant like like who like this isn't Billy Davis they're going up against, you know. These are good defensive mm. minds, and he's killing them. Like what an impression. He's like, genuinely cooking them. Some of them. You gotta give you gotta give Steichen credit too. He's calling very good. Oh, games. Shane Steichen. You the, know, the, the fourth down Zach Pascal end around was a pretty terrible call, but yeah, they but, gave yeah. Besides that. I mean, that's what, on that ringer pod, the Shul and and, and uh, Solak pod, they said about that. They said like when you're when you have so many positive plays, you're allowed to make a stupid play call, and that yeah, was like it didn't play, affect the game at all. It doesn't matter because you've it been cooking the entire game. It didn't matter at all. Gotta, I think you got to talk about just getting into the game. I think you got to talk about Zach Pascal and how big he's been this year too. He's been he, hasn't put, he, he hasn't put the numbers, but he's that third down. You just roll out to the right. He's a third he's right down there. chain mover. He's a special yeah. teams player. Third short. He's a. He's got that dog. He's got that dog mentality in him. You know, he's pretty much the epitome of Nick like him. dog mentality. He's, he's like, good blocker. He, he made a few a, good blocks yesterday. He, Dan or Dan or I had to even say his name Orlovsky. Is that Orlovsky. how you say it? I was I butcher yeah. his name all the time. Orlovsky. But he's he showed the play where I think uh, it was probably third third down. I think uh, Smith ran across her across the field. Zach Pascal basically. Oh said, yeah, I did you know, see he that. He said a pick play, but he avoids the pick. How many times last year did Greg Ward just bump into the guy mm. on purpose and it looked so terrible. many times? Even Smitty <laughs> did it a few times. But like Zach Pascal just perfectly executed it, and Smith was wide open. Like, they're Doing the nitty a, gritty, they're doing the that's a player they small didn't plays. Have, like the last couple, they didn't have like one that of doesn't those show guys up on the stat line. It's... Like I like last year, like Jalen Rager's running those like like flat routes. Yeah, now he's getting five <laughs> and you're yard carries on him to make a play. Like, and back to like Jalen Hurts, like he made big boy throws, like legitimate big boy throws. Dude, like, I gotta first, say. People are giving Devontae a lot of credit for that touchdown catch, which he deserves it. But Jalen Hurts put that in a place where only Devontae could catch it. Oh, that's the thing. I, I, I said it to Throw somebody it else today. Like, yes, these guys are going up and winning 50-50 balls. But, like, it's like the Carson Wentz thing, like with Alshon Jeffrey. He didn't give him – like, Alshon didn't win 50-50 balls without, with Carson 
because oh he didn't God. get Jason those. Jason Peters is on the field for the Cowboys right yeah, now. Yeah, he's playing. He's the left guard, baby. JP, he's still is he, here. No, he's not left guard. He's not starting, he's though, tackle. is he? he did, he's playing right now. Yeah, I think Tyler Smith tackle? went back to is he playing I think tackle? Tyler Smith went to left guard. I don't know. What a no, weird... they have him at guard. They have him at guard. They do have him at guard? He just, no. he just burst a hole open for Zeke. No, it's Pollard. <laughs> Whatever. I don't care enough about that game. But, like, the, like, the first, it's like that first quarter throw to Devontae, that wasn't a catch, but whatever. Who cares? No, it wasn't. Was, I don't care. Rivera's an idiot. Rivera was too dumb to throw the challenge for like five seconds before. Uh, he tried to throw it. The ball was like already in Dallas Goddard's hand by the time he threw it. Yeah. Nevertheless. I, I, I thought the refs <laughs> were going to call that back, too. I thought he'd be like, Rod and Rivera challenged, and you can clearly see on the replay that yeah, there was nothing there. No, the they, could, they couldn't do it. It's not a reviewable. But yeah, that, I know, but still. But that throw, is that a top five like throw an Eagles quarterback has made in like the last 10 years. Like what the one that Devontae didn't catch, but he, they called the it one, a catch. Yeah. The, the not catch catch one. The, like Dude, he, I a, tell you, he's made a bunch a of really throw. good throws the past three the, weeks. He, he made a really, I wasn't Brown, here after the week one. Yeah. I was going to say the, the one to Brown where he mossed Kendall, Kendall Fuller. The other one where he put it perfectly where Brown could catch it in the red zone. He dragged the guy to the end to, to score. And then both passes the one that Devontae Moss, two guys, was that an ill-advised pass? Probably double coverage, but he still just caught it. Up. Just Give him a chance. Your guy, and then he tossed it up exactly to him again. And that 165-pound soaking wet receiver just lost somebody. Like, no, they've been very good. I mean, I'm the Batman even, cape. They have I, I wasn't yeah, Batman that's pretty cape. cool. That's it's cool. Amazing. And the like turnover the shirts, the turnover <laughs> the, shirts. Oh, yeah. Sirianni printing shirts with all the turnovers on them. I it's, like that. The vibes are so much better than what they were. Like, like, uh, like Fletcher Cox and Miles Sanders dancing off the field together. Like, it just feels yeah. like Bo, it just feels like Chris at Chris Long and Bo Allen wearing dog mask skin. Um, like, no, but like, even keeping on Jalen Hurts real quick, I wasn't here after the week one pod, so I can't say what you guys did, but he made a few really good throws to AJ Brown that week too. Deep throws. And that was a big thing for him last year. He couldn't hit those deep throws. He's hitting the deep throws pretty well this year. I tweeted actually, it today. When did he, I tweeted it. When did he just become like a great deep ball throw? Like when you bring in his best friend. I'll, Max, <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll tell you, cause I was the one who was down on Hurts before the season. I'm not down on him, but I was more skeptical that he would. Uh, There's yeah, no, I get what you're saying. So I, what I said after week one, which which I think like that's the biggest reason I've been up on the Eagles and up on Hurst in the last couple of weeks is what I said is like, I think he's playing really well. I'm curious to see what happens when a defense A, takes away his legs and B, realizes he doesn't like throwing across the middle of the field. Can he have the pocket presence to stay in the pocket on big third downs instead of breaking contain early? It's pretty good throwing across stay, the middle. Can he stay in the pocket and deliver big third down throws instead of trying to rush for it with his legs, which works sometimes, but it's more of a bailout than anything. You want to no, be able yeah. to do both. And in the last two weeks, at least from my perspective, all I've seen is exactly that, is big yeah. throws from the pocket. It's throws over the middle into tight coverage. It's throws deep. There was one play yesterday where he had the first easy if he ran for it. It was a third down, but he stayed in the pocket and threw the ball, and he hit the first down. I think the biggest distinction here is that I, in the last two weeks, his legs haven't been bailing them out. No. His legs have been enhancing and improving his the game. Offense, it's yeah. been something to add to what's already a strong offense instead of something that is the reason the offense is going. And it's not to say that it's a bad thing. If his legs are a main focus of the offense, it's an elite trait. They should lean into it. But like I mentioned, there's two problems. One is that he's going to get injured at some point if he takes that many hits. And two is that ultimately 
offense in the right now in the NFL, we know this, we know the Eagles value this. It's all about passing. And in the two minute drill, which and by the way, back to back weeks before the first half, the Eagles have strung together two minute drills to put points on the board. In two minute drill situations, you have to be able to throw the ball when you're late and game. When you're down late in games, you have to be able to throw the ball when they know see, that that's what I want to see soon. I want I want them to play a good team where they have to compete in the second half or fourth quarter. Yeah. Listen, there'll, there'll be more adversity to come. But the biggest thing right now is that they seem like they can handle it because they're doing things that should work even when the games get tighter and tougher. My whereas they, they used to not be doing they, the things they used to be doing were things that worked when they were working. And when they took them away, what would they do instead? These are things right now, the way the offense is functioning are things that are harder to take away. And if you take them away, you leave yourself vulnerable to what the Eagles already do well, which is what I was most concerned about is like, can they adapt and can they throw in obvious throw situations from the pocket and complete passes? And in large part because of Hertz and in large part because they have the best receiving duo that they, pro- they probably have ever had in franchise history, they've been able to do it. Yeah, you can throw Quez in there. I was wrong I'm about gonna... Quez. He did miss a deep shot to Quez, but it's whatever. It was got held on you, that. That was that was I'm, the holding call. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you a quote from Jeff McLean's most recent article. Late Sunday night, a text message arrived from an NFL source on another team the Eagles play this season. And he said, How much does Jalen Hurts get after this season? And he made a good point. Like <laughs> when you're so wrapped in your own team and the vacuum of your own team, you really don't focus on like you know, you you know hurts more than, but like the perspective outside the league now is that this guy has arrived. Like he has arrived. And I read uh, like I think two weeks ago, after before the Detroit game, I want I want to say it was in an Albert Breer article, and he talked to uh, Quincy Avery, who's Hertz's uh, you know uh, quarterback coach in the off season, and he said that. Uh, like Hertz coming like out of high school and into Bama and even at, at like after Bama, like which is uncomfortable throwing the football, no confidence in his throwing ability. He was an elite athlete all the way back then. So he just knew to rely on his legs. And that kind of translated to the NFL. Like we saw like that first year and that second year. And he's basically talked about like how Hertz has basically like basically rebuilding Hertz as a passer and as a quarterback to think I have to throw and then run. So maybe like, you don't see quarterbacks this late in their quarterback, you know, their quarterbacking years. Like he's played quarterback for like what, 10 years, probably now 10, 12 years. You don't see a quarterback that many years into playing the position, just completely flip the switch and change his game. Like Josh Allen did it, but like he was just inaccurate. Like Jalen hurts was not a good thrower. What happened overnight? So like you, you have to, you have to, so you know, you have to credit his own individual work, like we, like that intangible stuff, like oh, this guy works hard, like you can't really measure that, but like I think in this scenario, like this guy works so hard, like it actually just like is panning out so well. I, I'll say this that you know I, I saw a lot of people tweeting this after the Monday night game when it felt like Hurts' big national moment. Um, this guy has pretty much improved every year for the last six years, seven years. And like, I don't think first you time say, too, he's had the same play caller two years in a row. Yeah. And like well, getting listen, the offense, the same system is he's just huge. And, and I don't think you could say that he's made a, a huge leap in any year until this one. I would say this one, he's probably made a huge leap, but in every year besides this in the last like six, seven years, he's just taken 
a step forward, a step forward, a step forward, gotten better, gotten better, gotten better. And they said sometimes, you know, I saw Brett Kalman say this at sometimes you just got to bet on a kid. You just got to bet on the kind of work ethic and a kind of guy that you think can keep getting better. And I think that one of the reasons I, th- I was wrong about Hertz, at least at this point, you know, a lot of time to be left, a lot of sample size, you know, obviously Carson Wentz fell off at some point, like, there's a lot of football left to be played, but at this point, it looks like I was wrong about what Hertz would do this season. And that's a betrayal of my own arguments that I made in the past, which is that in a place like Philadelphia, sometimes you do just have to bet on the person. Like Jalen Rager has a lot of talent. He was not built to play in a city like this. No, not at all. Mar- Marcus Smith was overdrafted, <laughs> but he was not built to play in a city like this. He didn't have the time to come along the way other guys do. Guys like Hertz, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, those kind of players are built for cities like this. And all these guys are talented. Everybody in the NFL has talent. The big players that have a spotlight on them, sometimes you just got to bet on the guy and bet that the guy is going to figure it out. And for Hertz, that's what's been going on. And it's like like your point, Jay, that this all started by saying how much is he going to get this offseason? You know, we're going to let this play out. I didn't think the Eagles wanted to pay him because I said he, he wasn't there as a passer quite yet. If he keeps this up, and I don't know if he'll keep this up because this is like genuine MVP level play week in and week out. If he does He's second right now in odds. If he plays like this week in and week out, he'll get like a five-year contract worth whatever Josh Allen's making right now. But but more realistically, if he ends up as like a top eight quarterback this year, which I think is good enough, the most important thing will be that he looks like he's taken a leap as a passer in large part because of A.J. Brown being here and his improvements in the offseason, becoming more comfortable with the offense. If that's the case, you pay him. And I think don't think you think twice about it. I think you pay him and you don't really care how much you're paying him. That's I mean, no, like you win I, this league by having a no. quarterback. I, I like I don't think there's any really argument to be made if he if he's playing like this or at least like 90 percent of this. I don't think you have a choice but to pay him. There are some convoluted arguments you can make about, well, it's better if you have a rookie quarterback and the stuff I've talked about before. And it gives you clap, cap flexibility. But this is a quarterback driven league. It's always been that the highest contenders right now in the NFL. I mean, like the two favorites for the Super Bowl coming into the year, like Chiefs, Bills, like these are guys with high paid quarterbacks, but they're elite quarterbacks. So it's more important to have elite, have an elite quarterback than have a quarterback on a rookie deal. So I would, I would lean towards paying him, but like, it's hard to even like, I don't think, think you about can even, I, I think you have to pay him. I, I, don't. I don't think you can take him out of that locker room. I agree with you. I don't think it's even I don't, like, you like, can't even think about the, it right now. He's the catalyst about of it. everything. And it's on the field. Like the whole offense is built around him. It's his offense. This This shouldn't even be questioned. You're definitely paying him. I I, I can't even fathom a world in which you might tag him one year, but he's getting eventually he's getting paid. I think they pay him this off season and they pay him like 45 million for four years. I think that's, I think that's what your likely scenario. Like you, like I don't like rah, rah guys. I always think those inside the huddle type, conversations are lame and they're kind of corny like james winston's e to w all the drew yeah. Brees' stuff was like super corny like every time he did it speaking like, of james winston how about them saints i'm saying it's garbage we could talk about them but like you see hurts talk and like he is a he is like a magnet like guys just like are just attracted to him like i like that's just a guy who has it like you I don't think you could just take that guy out of the locker room and it's the same. Like the culture just changes without him. And that's crazy to think about when like <laughs> two years ago, like two, two, three years ago, we were sitting here on a Friday night wondering what the hell did they just do drafting a quarterback in the second round? Like, how did we get here? It's crazy. So 
I think that pretty much hits what we wanted to say about Hertz. Like, I think we're all on the same page here. He's made a leap. I mean, like this is, you can't complain about anything he's doing right now. Let's see how he keeps this up. Keep having fun, you know, just check in week in week out, see how he's doing. I mean, he hasn't thrown an interceptable pass all season. I I know he got charged with one that hit. That's stupid. That was Gainwell's fault. I mean, like he has not thrown an interceptable pass all year, but let's move on to what I want to talk about. I think most outside of Hertz, which is AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I mean, this is Bull like Batman and Skinny is it, Batman. Is it crazy to say that this is the best, definitely the best duo we've seen in our lifetime? Yeah. Maybe there were some years early with Macklin and Deshaun where it seemed like they would have. I would still energy. probably take Brown. But a- AJ Brown is the best receiver they've had since T.O. He's probably, probably one of the like best receivers duos, they've had. Like you're saying like yeah. car, like Carmichael and Quick. Like that's how far you I think. I think the only one like, that's debatable right now is Carmichael and Quick. We weren't even alive for <laughs> like, that. That's like, like, like the only one, and like, yeah, it's not. You can make arguments, league. yeah, yeah. You can make arguments about their standing in the league right now, like, like top five in the league, maybe even top three. Like, this is a ridiculous duo. A ridiculous Off the top duo. of my head, the only duo that I can say one hundred percent I would take over, uh, Brown and Devontae right now is Waddle and Hill. Okay, that's good. That's a good that's answer. That's completely I, fair. That's I, fair. Would say, I, would, I would say Jamar Chase and D. Higgins are up there. I would I could make the yeah, they're up there, but I can make the argument for Devontae and AJ Brown. You take you take AJ Brown, Devontae over Justin Jefferson and Thielen. Yeah, I'm not even questioning. You take AJ Brown and Devontae over uh over um uh, like Cooper white, Cup and Allen Robinson. Yeah, white, no, that's not white, that's one good receiver with a who's the receiver. white guy in Vegas with uh Devontae Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. I mean Matt Collins. Matt Collins is wide receiver two, baby. Actually, would wide you, receiver one. Would you take the Raiders room or this Eagles room? Eagles room. Eagles. I think you might take the Raiders because of Devontae Adams. But other than that, it's like it's like clearly a If you're talking just straight up duos, though. Yeah. I'm taking uh Smith and Brown over Devontae Adams and Hunter Renfro or Matt Collins, whatever you want to put in there. Who I mean, like, is there any other one that can like even consider competing like no. that? The only like, one that you can for sure say is the Miami one. I'm trying to think like Buffalo has Diggs, but like Diggs and then Gabe, Gabe Davis. Gabe no, Davis. I'm taking Smith um, and Brown. Like my, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, like three years ago. Godwin's injured right now too. Um, like well, Mike Thomas and Chris Olave. No, like, like they spent a lot of assets to get those two guys, like draft picks, money, but like, it's all honestly like. Played out exactly how you want it. You have two. I I, 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 I 100% agree. I think this is genuinely like probably. Talk about AJ Brown real quick. Just how many one on one balls you just throw up to that man? He's just stronger. This is like a 95th percentile outcome that they could have gotten from AJ Brown and Devontae, right? Like they are complimenting each other. Brown is the perfect guy to pair with Devontae in my oh, yeah. mind. Straight over the middle. He does. And then you the also have work. He's a big People don't body. talk about it either, but. Dallas Goddard's a top five tight end. Too. That's right. Goddard's been, he's, Goddard's he's, been unreal. That touchdown yesterday is pretty slick. You see that little like he's kickback so, move? He's like, man, I love Zach Ertz, but like Dallas Goddard is so much of a better. Like he's so I think much of a better Goddard, I think when it's said and done, Goddard will probably be the best tight end in Eagles history. You like his so? ceiling is so high. His I, he, I think he's more he's talented like, than Ertz was, but but I don't you think you can use him more in terms of Zach Ertz, but just Nick at you know yak. The, like, the you, problem, you, like the way you use Goddard right now is you're throwing these I don't little think, screens. He took a 20 yard screen pass yesterday. For I don't touchdown. think Goddard is going to get enough opportunity to pass Ertz's place in the franchise, but he is a better blocker than Zach Ertz was, and he is a better run after the catch than Ertz was. Ertz is probably a better route runner than Goddard is, but Goddard, yeah, I think, is a more athletic player than Zach he's Ertz. such. He's he's so much of a better athlete. Like, that was like when they were running that two tight end scheme, it was so apparent, like that. 
Zach was good at like route running and better the nuanced of running routes and playing tight end, but Goddard was so much of a better athlete. He was bigger. Yeah, Goddard's more overall. (laughs) Realistically. so that's been good. The receiving core has been good. I think Miles Sanders, we can touch on him. I don't think we have anything to that's say. That's been fine. He's, he's been, been fine. fine. Uh, been good. I, as line, like, good, sir. You got anything on the offensive line? They've been good. My lot has probably been, been good. a little bit underwhelming, but like it's I'm no, not really worried about it. about it. The offensive line is totally fine. Not yet. I can't. Um, whatever. Let's go to, wow, C.D. Lamb just dropped what may have been a wide open touchdown. So <laughs> let's go to the defensive side of the ball. And a will give Jonathan Gannon his flowers. They've had two incredible weeks. I no, you know who deserves flowers right now? Darius Slay. Give TJ Edwards his flowers, man. TJ Edwards too. Give TJ Edwards his flowers. Is there someone on the defense Edwards. who doesn't deserve it right now? Um, I'm telling man, TJ Edwards. Is there a single player that's been bad? I mean, Barnett's gone for the year, so that's honestly a no. <laughs> I, I Hassan think... Redick. Hassan Redick getting blocked one on one by tight end that one play. That like... was bad. That was kind of bad, but then it's like he also had like two yeah, sacks. Yeah, I mean, so. Reddick's been a little underwhelming, but like I don't I think, think he that's a good surprising. Game. Like I think that like in this room there wasn't Reddick is not. I, I think people have pointed this out. But you see it, some of the clips of uh Jordan Davis getting triple teamed and then you just yeah. get or double teamed. Some of his moves, some of the moves he's putting on, man. The, he's, the only the only problem I think with uh with the Eagles' defensive line right now, and they had probably their best effort they've had in years on Sunday, and that's part of that is because Wentz is a bad quarterback, but. I think like their biggest problem is that they don't have a single guy that you'd be like, oh, this is like an elite, you know, top, top tier edge rusher. Like Josh Sweat's a good player. Brandon Graham's a good player. Fletcher Cox, a good player. Like all these guys are really good above average players, but none of them are like, you know, Joey Bosa tier. Like none of no. those guys are up there. That's the only thing they're missing. When they're working together the way they did. Well, you know, Sunday, you know what's gonna be great, Nader, is when the Saints suck. We have a top five pick, and Will Anderson is. I was an gonna eagle. say, I was gonna say when we trade for for uh, an edge rusher at the trade deadline this year, but that's was- a JHI, aka I, I, other people have said it. Uh, I'm not because it's not original, but like Robert Quinn at the trade deadline. I could see a big that would be fun. I could that see would a be fun. Really big swing. Like I could see like a it, what when, what what trade deadline like eight nine like eight or nine if they're like seven and one on Halloween. If they're like seven and one, you know and what I also kind of like. That, I kind of like that they have an early buy. I, I would, if they're like seven and one or undefeated going to the trade deadline, which is very possible with this schedule, let's say they have one or two losses and Hertz has been playing like an MVP candidate and they're the favorite to win the NFC. I would trade the Saints pick or their own pick for a young elite pass rusher that somebody doesn't want to pay. I would agree. So, with that. Bri- so you're talking about, so, so I wouldn't trade the Saints pick. I think if I, <laughs> I, I don't honestly didn't have a name in mind when I said it, but like, I, I think that like, if you're co- if you're midway through the season and you're confident you're not going to use those picks to trade up, I don't think you'll have. To, I don't think a first round pick will not get you a lot. But I'm just saying, like you might be able to get that done with a second or third. Then I mean, do whatever and whatever you need to do. Like I want Robert Quinn be a fun one. Bring so I'm, in. I'm just, lo- I'm bring just in looking an at elite the, pass rusher. Bring in an I'm elite looking, pass rusher. I'm looking at the sack numbers just around the league, just to say, like you know, obviously who's like top of the list. So there's some frauds up here. Like you know, some of these guys like aren't great pass rushers. Uh, two names that I just like popped in my brain immediately. Uh, one was Jerry Hughes in Houston. Houston's a bad football team. Jerry yeah. Hughes is a veteran. Jerry Hughes is a veteran player. Um, he was a you know really good pass rush artist like a couple years ago. For yeah, the he used to be real good. And here's like my my saucy one. I know they're trying to contend, but the roster isn't that great. The coach isn't great. The quarterback is struggling. What about Bradley Chubb from Denver? Hmm. I don't think they would send him. I don't think they'll sell him. 
I don't know. He's, what about he's they're two and one still. Like they're tied first. Matt Judon. Matt Judon. Matt Judon. No, Dietrich Wise. They just kind of paid him a little bit more money. There, um, we don't. I don't even think we have to talk about this yet. But I think I think you're more likely to find more so an older guy like Jay said, Robert Quinn, Jerry Hughes possibility. I don't think you're going to be able to go out and get a Bradley Chubb caliber player. But yeah. the point is, the Eagles will have options. And like you know, to get back to the defense, this defense has been very good. They had a very they've had two really good performances. Give Gannon his credit. Give Slay. Bradbury, Maddox, CJ, John, Gardner, Johnson, Epps, Edwards, like everybody's been doing their part. I generally don't think there's one player on the defense. I honestly don't think there's one player on this team who I'd say I'm Has underperformed. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Uh, maybe who? Uh, Kenny Gainwell. I mean, I don't know. Like, no. I don't really think he's good. <laughs> I, mean, I don't Avante count the running back, too. Avante didn't thought... play well week one. Yeah, week one, week one, I'm not even counting. I mean, what about then, like, like, what about like, then, I would say like Gardner Johnson's been good. He's still. It seems like he's still getting up to it's speed. Un- with the it's playbook. unfair to say yeah, he's he got been here bad. late. I, I can't say he's been bad. He's also learning like, a new position. Quote. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's unfair to say that he has. He's playing. He's also still playing a lot of cornerback. You see, Jake Gannon's lining him up on players all the time. And that was I, the benefit of having him. Is that yeah, versatility. So I would say him. I might say my lot has been a little below expectation. Not that he's been bad, but I wanted him to be like, a, like in the, probably the best last tackle in the league. He's got that potential. And I think he's been good to above average, but not. Dickerson, I guess together. Dickerson start a little slow, but he's low. Yeah, he struggled. Um, I think there's the, individuals along the line who have been a little bit. But then, but this is like, the, yeah, we're nitpicking. We're nitpicking an elite unit individually. Yeah. That hasn't really done anything wrong. That's right. And I think I think the takeaway from that conversation is that there's nobody on this team that's really been a standout underperformance. Like I think you can even say, like you can list, I think close to probably five to seven guys who have been serious overperformances. Hurts. I think you're getting more out of AJ Brown than you were even expecting. I think you're getting more from I think Devontae was expected to do this kind of thing. I think you're getting 160 yards. I think you're you're getting more from Quez Watkins than you were than you thought you were gonna get. I think you're getting you gotta be you gotta be sick if you're a Tennessee Titans fan. I I (laughs) think that's gotta be bad, man. I I think you're getting more from Miles Sanders than you thought you were gonna get. I think you're getting more more from from TJ Edwards and Kaiser Watcher Cox, the linebacker. Brandon Graham Brandon Graham in year four the fountain of youth. Like unbelievable. I think Darius Slay has overperformed. I think Darius Bradbury Bradbury is overperformed. I think I honestly think right now Darius Slay is the best quarterback in the NFL after the first three weeks, but just this season alone. I would probably agree. And and honestly, like the, the fun thing about this so far is that I also can't point to a guy that I'm like, he is having a um a Patrick Robinson-esque, you know, like out of nowhere elite season. Like everybody who's playing elite and has been critical to the success of the team, I think our guys playing to their level. Yeah, it's not guys that are like folk heroes coming out of nowhere, except for maybe Kaiser White. But like that reminds me of like a Nigel Bradham. Like there's so many parallels to 2017. The only thing I hate to bring down the mood, but we're getting late on this pod. And like it's worth talking about because there's like we've we've already talked about how good they've been. And there's not much more you can say about that. The only thing I would say, there's two things. One is the second halves, which we can get to. Two is that I'm a little bit worried about Darius Slay's back. I'm generally more worried about receiving depth and corner depth. They can sustain short-term injuries at those positions. They can't sustain Darius Slay going down for an extended period of time or AJ Brown going down for an extended period of time, which is okay. 
there will be players on your roster that are <laughs> indispensable that you can't lose. Like, That's every team. Like, like take the Bills. If they lost Stefan Diggs, they'd be lost too. But it is a concern, and it's something that, like, there are positions on this field that you're going to start getting wear and tear as the season I think goes on. You've already lost thing. one guy. You've only really lost one I guy. Think... The good news is the guy you lost was probably the most dispensable starter or adjacent starter that you had on the roster. But you're going to keep losing guys, and the biggest test coming up besides good teams will be how do they handle Health. their players getting banged up, and how can they they keep the train rolling even when some guys aren't available? For some I think them pulling them, them pulling guys like Slate toward the end of the game when it's yeah. like over, it's been very nice. Like that, it makes sense. Like that's good. Well, also, I, mean, um, I mean, if you guys remember, like I'm sure you do. We like all the fans probably do as well. We had probably like two of the worst injury luck years in a row, or maybe even longer than that. Like the medical staff was a disaster multiple yeah. years in a row. And I think the upside of that is that the Eagles have really taken health seriously and they're doing things that the teams aren't doing. Like their players did not play in the preseason almost at all. Like these guys are not practicing. If you see the practice reports during the week, veterans are not practicing. Like they're the doing a good job days, keeping guys fresh. That's fine. Give them much which has been working which, like this i don't care like that it's been working and they're taking the health seriously i'm worried about like you know what i think like that goes a lot with the eagles having for the sleigh back problem that you early buy will probably be good for him have a week off yeah and then also makes it even more important for them to get the one seed because okay should I do my one seed rant right now and then we can talk, but you guys can talk about the second half. How does that I don't sound? even want to talk about the second half. I have no issues. I have, with I, have, I have one point that's that we haven't talked about. Yeah. Before we go into the first year, Nader's number one seed rant. Um, how, like, is there a better coach in the NFL for the city of Philadelphia than Nick Sirianni? Hmm. Other than okay, like other than like Doug and Andy who are here. I mean, he's I'm not, a I'm not bit, counting Doug and Andy. Like he's look around bit, the league, he's a little like, bit corny, but like it but works. It works. It's a good corny like, though. How yeah. the, could like could the all gas no breaks Robert Sala like work? No, like I I think could that, I think Smith, he could. Could boring Arthur Smith? Stand Arthur Smith could. No. I think Sala would have worked. I think Sala would have worked. I mean, like, Sirianni's corny and and it works if if he's also a good coach. I know if they start losing and he keeps up the corniness, I think people will have less. They did that last year and they still bought in. They bought in because they started playing better. I think like he has done. And I I mean, Mia culpa here. I'm not going to say I was wrong about what I said after that introductory press conference, because that was a pathetic performance. It didn't mean Mm. he couldn't coach, but it did mean that he was like that, that like that wasn't, that was a red flag. Like he was not in control. And in this media market, you have to be in control. But the, the the 180 he's made from that moment to how much more comfortable and settled he looks now has been impressive. And I think that's like something to note and to give him credit for. I'd like to point credit. out. I would like to point out that Josh McDaniels had the Eagles head yeah. coaching job under his hands and then lost it to a guy who showed up to Jeffrey Lloyd's mansion in flip flops and cargo shorts. Yeah, screw Josh McDaniels. <laughs> he sucks. You imagine how miserable we'd be right now if he was coaching us. Jay, do you have anything to say about the second halves? It seems like the I I, I tend to think that the offense, if they needed to, could I could score. care less. I think about this second offense. Halves. I think this offense, like, okay, you could say, oh, okay, the offense is boring in the second half. They're not doing anything fun. They're not even trying. Like, if you can dominate a team for two straight quarters, who's to say you can't do it again? When how like these teams, like Minnesota, got whooped for two quarters. Washington had. A whole week to watch those watch those two quarters and say this is all they do, and then they got whooped. Why can't they keep doing it? Unless to me, unless they prove they can't whoop teams like that in the second half when they need to, I'm I'm going to assume they can. Like the defense is still doing it. The defense is still shutting them down in the second half. So I okay, I agree with you. It's just something to keep monitoring. Is like if they, like I don't know how they can't do that. It's going to be to they keep can't. blowing teams out in the first half. 
they can't like like if they're winning 24 to 10 against Green Bay and you know you're playing Rodgers like you can't play that you can't necessarily they can't play, play that way you can't disappear yeah. in the second yeah half. you have to keep doing yeah. what you're doing in the first half but I think but I think they I think they knew like you know you're not in the locker room so you don't even know I don't know but like I feel they like were they up 24 knew. nothing I at the half they knew I think they knew that they've kind of like crushed Minnesota and Washington like they there was no chance of those teams they were just back. trying to eat that clock <laughs> Like so spirit, I mean, if like, you yeah, if you look back, their back backbone was shattered. You look back to the Detroit game. That's the only one I'd say is like, all right, like they the the defense let their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter, and the offense was salting the game away. Detroit, but Detroit didn't but quit. It, Detroit didn't quit like the other ones did. Right, the other ones did quit. So like, I mean, like, and the Eagles didn't play well in the fourth quarter, but like, I I do think that like it got dicey there, and they got a little unlucky. They got out of it. Um. I think that like there'll be more tests coming up. I think that's my point is that there'll be more tests coming yeah. up, and and so far they've cleared almost every single one, and it's something to monitor as more tests come up, and you just hope that they continue to clear them. And so far they've shown us that they have. Any other final thoughts before I get into the the one seed, and then we can go into the like general overall thoughts. Mm, all you bucko. So here's what I'd say about the one seed, and I don't think enough people are talking about it since the change in the NFL playoff calendar. It went from the one and the two seed getting a buy to just the one seed getting a buy. The one seed is now the most ridiculous competitive advantage anybody could have in sports. Like if you take, if you take every game in, in the NFL playoffs to be a 55, 45% proposition with the home team favored, then the difference between your odds to qualify for the Super Bowl as the one seed and the two seed is 30% versus 11-ish percent. Back of the napkin calculations. The point is that gap is not necessarily important to dwell on. The point I'm making here is being able to host games at home in the NFL and more importantly, playing one fewer game in a single elimination three-round playoff is the most ridiculous competitive advantage you can have in sports. In baseball, there's no single elimination. In basketball, there's no single. No other sport in American, in North American sports has single elimination except for football and single elimination means upsets are more common and easier to happen. Cause all you need to do is win one game. So your odds of pulling that off are higher as opposed to stringing together in multiple games or your underdogs. That means that if you're the one seed versus the two seed, you have a, such a higher chance to make the super bowl. What the Eagles need to have their sights set on is not winning the division. That's irrelevant right now. They'll win the division. And if they don't, you're in bigger trouble because this division sucks. What they need is the one seed. You have to be gunning for the one seed because this team is good. But Jalen Hurts is not as good as playoff Aaron Rodgers yet. Probably. Probably. I think we can probably say <laughs> your chances against Rodgers in Philly are much better than your chances against Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau. Like and, I cannot. And your chances like, against Rodgers and all these other good teams is higher when you have to play them one fewer time than they have to yeah. play other teams. What's it's like more, Rogers... it's more wear and tear. It's more of a chance you get upset. It's games on the road. It's less practice time, less focus on one opponent. It is such an insane advantage. I want people to start looking at that. You're not looking at the NFC East standings. You're looking at the NFC standings and you're seeing how the Eagles can position themselves for the one seed. They need the one seed if they want to make the Super Bowl. And if they get the one seed, they should have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. All you need to do is get to the Super Bowl. From there, it's a you know, toss-up game. You do what you got to do. But what your goal is, is to get to the, the Eagles Super fans Bowl. travel well. And if you want to get to the Super Bowl, what you need to do is get the one seed. So have your eyes and on the look, one seed, and that's what we should early, have our expectations. It's for. early, but that law, but Green Bay's week one loss to Minnesota could come back to bite them in tiebreakers, as well as Tampa Bay's. Green Bay won't be Green, in a one seed hunt. As well as Tampa Bay's loss to Green Bay, those two teams losing. Tampa Bay is different. 
Yeah, but I, I really don't. I don't think that. Oh, we shouldn't be case. talking about the one seed. Yeah, we're three weeks into the season. We but... should be talking about the one seed. Talk no. about the one seed. Not yet. I remember Not last. Yet. Not yet. Like, like 2017 is like the comparison year. We'll always look back at that year and compare any good season we have to that year. As we it was like October, like like early October is when I was like, yeah, this team's a Super Bowl contender. Like we're not. I, I would like. I want to. After week five, you'll hear me gushing, depending on how they play against Jags and the Cardinals. For like the record, the- for the record, the Eagles are currently the favorite to win the NFC, and behind yeah. them is the Packers, Bucks, and Rams. I think of those teams, I'm most scared of Bucks. Tom Brady in the playoffs. Brady is washed, dude. He's cooked. in the playoffs. It's a different story. I'd say oh, I'm man. probably the most scared of. I don't know. I'm not terribly scared of any of these teams. I'm not scared of any of these teams. I think Matt Stafford might be cooked. He might be toasted. I'd, I'd probably say I'm. I think it's still Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Mike Evans is a pretty gross deal. And, and the last thing I'll say is that the Eagles over under wins is now 12 and a half. They started at some point in the offseason nine at nine and a half. Yeah, that was what so, it was. I mean, like before week one, I looked at it. That was free money. I don't know. I, I don't like betting on the Eagles. Like, I don't that's free money. Like, it was obvious that they were going to clear a nine and a half at some point <laughs> with this schedule. Like, that was clear. But point is, final thoughts from me. Is look at the one seed, gun for the one seed. You need the one seed if you want to make a run. It's not good enough right now, based on the way they've I'll played. I'll take a two seed. There's a possibility that the one seed will get kicked out. But you I, need that one. You need a top two seed, in my opinion. To but that one seed is so much more valuable than. Oh, the I agree. If, like if the they get bye the week two, would be so nice. Don't get me if, wrong, but if if they get the two, like like right now, the way the schedule is positioned and the way they've played, they have the inside track to the one seed, and they need a gun for it. Like they can't be. I don't want to see any of this like they're they're nine and two later in the season and they lose a game they should have won and people are like ah it's okay we already have the division mostly wrapped up like no like they got a gun for that one seed no I agree yes all season all season I agree with you this schedule is cake they might be genuinely the only team in the league that has like that is an underdog in like one or two meaningful games left like 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 it's it's ridiculous what they're looking down right now it's ridiculous Sometimes- I just think it's too early to talk about the one seed something's a brewing man I I feel like something's a brewing I don't know. Hurts is that dog in him, bro. He's that dog. I, I'll say, like, it feels like 2017 in some ways. The only difference is the way tw- the team in 2017 rolled and the vibes were so good. We haven't gotten that yet because it's only been three weeks. But intellectually, this feels the same as 2017 when you look at the team and you look at the schedule and the outlook and you think, wow. Through three weeks, this team is better than that team was. Through three weeks. Through th- yeah. That's right. I mean, through three weeks, that team got that got in like i'd say pantsed against the chiefs and looked like they did not belong on the same in my opinion squeaked, no, out, squeaked out a win against the giants and like squeaked out, historic, I mean, that was historic field goal got them the win and they also squeaked out if you remember then they also started rolling when they beat the chargers and they got the they got the ball rolling this team has had the ball rolling from week one like that chargers win that was week four in 2017 i believe is the lions win from week one is the like we're gonna run the ball down your throat at the end of the game and keep you from touching it again? That was the last possession of the Lions game. It's analogous to Week One of the Week Four in 2017 against the Chargers. The following, they played very well against the Cardinals, and then they had the prove it game against the Panthers. It's feeling the same kind of way, except you're shifting that timeline up a little bit. And for this team, those, you just got to keep think, it going. I think we're gonna see those blowout wins soon, like how they blew out Arizona, and I think had well, like. The forty burgers they put on Arizona and they put on Denver. I think though, like in Chicago, I think those are listen. They're coming. They're every coming. week. Every week is a test from here on. As long as you're undefeated, every week is a test from here on out. One week every at a time, baby. Go one no. 
Like they might have that 2017 Seahawks game where they go on the road. They will. They, I, they will at some point. They're I mean, not going to go. Really, they might be favored in the rest of the games for all I care, but they're still going to lose one or two here and there. There's no ch- shot unless, they're 17 and 0. Unless they don't, Max. Unless yeah, they stop don't. it. Stop it. End unless the pod they right don't. There. I'm just End saying. The unless they don't. Nader, if the Eagles go 17 and 0, I will Venmo you a thousand dollars. I don't want your money. I want everybody <laughs> to just have a great time on Broad Street when they're 17 and 0. And for the record, yeah. seventeen and zero would be the best record in NFL history. For the record, for regular season record, best record season record right there. I don't know, man. All right, folks, we'll pump the brakes a little bit. We're gonna start jinxing ourselves. They're gonna yeah. come out and Doug. Really, let's wrap this pot up quickly. Doug Doug P is gonna pants Frank. Uh, to sorry, Frank. Right. Doug P is gonna pants Sirianni and Stike, and we're gonna have to come on here. Yeah, mean, uh, future, Doug, P's, future Doug P's gonna get the biggest applause that I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to come out here and talk about how embarrassing. Uh, I don't know Isaac Samalu, my boy. I, why did I? It's so mean to pick on Isaac Samalu. I'm gonna have to come out here and talk about how cooked James Bradbury got, or like you know, oh my god, I can't believe we thought these linebackers were gonna hold up after you know, uh, I don't even know who's back there for the for the Jaguars. Point is, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But you can tell by the tone of this pod and what we've been talking about that this there's something in the air right now, and there's something to look forward to. And I want people to like hop on. Don't be scared. Like. I know that it's typical for Philadelphia sports fans to feel hesitant and feel like our teams let us down a lot. And they do. But for the last 22 years, the Eagles have not done that. This has been a team that has consistently pumped out regular season wins almost as much as any other team in the league. I think they're probably my guess. Top 10. My my guess. They're probably top five, top three in regular season wins since the year 2000. And I think that like three in playoff wins. Yeah, they they're definitely top five in playoff wins. Like they're like this is this is a franchise that wins. I know other franchises in our city don't, but this is a franchise that wins. And for that reason, and the way they've looked in three weeks, I'm gonna give them the benefit and the doubt until they tell me not to. And I'll tell you when they tell me not to. Believe me, we'll get on here. We'll rip them when they give us a reason to. But so far, there's been genuinely nothing to rip them about. They have been exactly what you want them to be, realistically. They're not been flawless. Not they're scoring on every possession. It's not like they're pitching a 49-0 shutout every week. But realistically, this is exactly what you've asked from the Philadelphia Eagles so far, and they've been freaking good. Yeah. I think that's how you have to end the pod. They've been really freaking good. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds.